If you like audiobooks, then you need to check out today's sponsor, Audible.com. They have over 250,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. You can catch up on all the hot new books been meaning to read while on your daily commute with audible.com i personally recommend you check out zero k by don delillo it is fantastic and a little devastating and about tech which is why you're listening to this show so just for listeners audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership go to audible.com slash tech today to start your free trial and let me know what you think of the book So you hear these stories in like hacker forums, right? Where everyone's on a group party line phone call in the very old days or, or like an IRC channel and everyone's kind of going by their handles and two people kind of get in a disagreement. Egos are, are running hot and then they get in a fight and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm looking at your social security re- number right now. I'm looking at your address. I'm looking at your mom's resume or something. And then they get argue more and more and then... The best story I heard ends with the one guy's like, oh my God, what are you doing? And you realize the lights have just gone out in his house because they sort of found his Con Ed account number and like hot switched it or something. But that's the sort of contest is we're all just names in this IRC channel. Can you find me without me telling you? This is the fun, the, the, the jocular time of hacking. Well, I think uh, it's kind of like the Old West Saloon where everyone is like hanging out playing poker and then ends with someone getting shot. <laughs> that's sort of, that's probably the vibe where you're like friends, but you don't necessarily like each other and you're not necessarily very nice people. <laughs> and you all think you're the hottest cowboy in the room. Yeah, exactly. It's all about who's the hottest cowboy and <laughs> yeah. Hacking. It's all about who's the hottest cowboy. Well, I guess cowboys, like, they would just be rounding up cattle. Like, the, the in many ways, it's sort of a more peaceful life. I don't want to defame cowboys. But, it, you know, gunslingers or whatever. Fastest hands in the West. Hello, and welcome to What's Tech, a podcast from TheVerge.com, mostly about hot cowboys. I am your host, the <laughs> humbled Christopher Thomas Plant. I am joined today by my friend and colleague, reporter at The Verge, Russell Brandom. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm feeling good. We're talking about a light topic today, uh, doxing, a thing that I have personal experience with, uh, being on the receiving end. Um, uh, so let, let's start at the very top. What is doxing. Yeah, so I think in its sort of original form, it was we're all in this space on the internet and we're all going by sort of handles, right? You don't know my name. And part of the assumption of all of us meeting in this space is you don't know who I am. And then it became this sort of display of power, display of dominance to say, no, I do know who you are. And, you know, watch what you say because this actually is connected to who you are. And here's all this information about you that you didn't think I knew your name. You didn't think I know where you live. Well, here's your name and where you live that, that I've sort of that I, that I know, by the way. And, you know, it's sort of about that power differential because the implicit thing is, well, you don't know who I am. 
still you still don't have any, any of this information on me, but I have this information on you. Okay, where where does the word come from then? Because doxing yeah. doesn't sound like what it means. Yeah, well, and and people go back and forth over how many X's should be in it. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so it's it's sort of it's like elite speak thing. It's it, I mean the 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 full form of it would be dropping documents, right? And so you're, you're going to drop someone's documents in a chat forum or an IRC channel where you just say, okay, here's, you know, name, birthday, you know, social security number. You know, often these are from official documents, like here's this thing I found in an Excel file that is from the Department of Transportation or, or, or some sort of official thing. And I'm just going to paste it into this chat room and then I'm just dropping all of it right there and do with it what you will you know and so and and so documents got shortened to docs and so dropping docs got shortened to doxing so that's that's where the word comes from why i mean i i understand in the in the wild west saloon sort of fashion why someone would want to do this to a person but why modern day uh, would somebody or some group want to dox someone yeah i so i mean in the contemporary mode Especially what's weird is the internet has kind of become less about handles. Like, I think, you know, if you go back to the, if when we were all on AOL or we were all like on Yahoo chat rooms or something, it was understood that you would be under, you wouldn't just, it wouldn't be like Russell.Brandom in the, in like the weird Yahoo, you know, Pokemon forum. <laughs> uh, but now kind of a lot of the spaces are already like you're signing in with Facebook and so, you know, your Gmail is probably just your name. And so people's names aren't really hidden. And so there isn't really an informational component to it. It just becomes basically an incitement to harassment that, like, here's this person's address in case you want to, like, send a bunch of pizzas to their house. Or, like, here's their phone number if you want to, like, call them up and be a dick. Like, And so it's just sort of here is this here's the information you would need if you want to like run stupid pranks on this person. And so even if the information isn't particularly hard to get, it's like, well, okay, you're now one step closer to running this stupid prank and there are 200 of you in this chat room. So probably like a couple dozen of you are going to go do stupid pranks with this. So what are, what are some of the methods used to dock someone? And by that, I mean, not like harass them with pizza orders, but to actually get this information on someone. Yeah, I mean, so it is interesting because it's a lot of the same, you know, as a journalist, you're often in this position too where you have someone's name or you sort of know something about them and you're trying to find other things about them because maybe you want to get in contact with them and, and sort of for, for like journalism and positive things. But, you know, it ends up being a lot of the same tactics where there are public records, there are sort of, you know, if, if when you establish residence in a house or an apartment there are various like records that are filed you're paying this electric bill you're paying this phone bill all of these things like have your address on them credit reports things like that like a lot of these documents are i, I think what you would refer to as public records in a legal sense even though they're not very easy to get a lot of the time and you sort of have to know where to find them and then sometimes it also i mean if there, there are also sort of databases of hacked information where 
here's, you know, this person's LinkedIn password from the 2012 breach, and maybe you can use that password to get into this other thing sideways, or maybe, you know, you can get the last four digits of their credit card or the last four digits of their social security number from this public record that it's sort of made available on this one site with, before you log in, if you go to their profile page. And then you can use that to convince a customer service associate at another account that like, oh, I really am this person. Like, oh, no, I don't have my driver's license on hand, but we're here, can I give you the last four of the social and then log in that way? And then you log into that and you get more, more sort of access from there. And so none of that is like, I think, what you would describe as like hacking exactly. It's not like we're, we're sort of running exploits on their server or anything. but Social it, hacking. Yeah, like social engineering. Being, yeah. And even that's like at the high end of it. And then I think the low end of it is just like using a lot of fancy Google terms and also like knowing where these databases are and sort of... So there's just like research and then there's social engineering and then there's things that sort of get into actually being illegal and then and so there's sort of this range of techniques and then okay maybe someone else already social engineered this and you can find this this database of previously social engineered records but i mean there's a lot of information on the internet and and usually what you're looking for is already out there somehow it's just a question of figuring out where it is so which basically means it's not illegal to find the information often. Yeah, mo most of the time. And this is also something that when people kind of want to defend, if, if, you, if you track someone down and you say, oh, well, you, you doxed this person. This one, one piece I was reading, they, they, they sort of went to this guy and he said, well, no, I just made sure that these public documents remain public. And you're like, that's kind of a weird thing to say because it's not like the water department's shutting down. <laughs> like none of that's... But, but what they mean is, oh, well, this was already public. I'm yeah. just like dumping it in this room full of people who are angry at this dude. It's funny, that reminds me of, uh, I can't remember how how many years ago this was, but there was a quote-unquote art project where it trolled open Facebook pages, I believe, and looked for any mention of like being on vacation, and then also meant, like found their addresses if they ever posted it, and would post Man, yeah, that's their no address good. and let you know if they were on vacation. Basically, letting you know if you could rob them. Uh, and their their entire argument was people don't recognize that this information is there and only like essentially scaring them are we getting them to be more careful and prudent with their info. Yeah. I mean, art on the internet is kind of the worst. Uh, yeah. Anytime someone calls something an art project, I'm like, this is bad news. You're, you're about to like do something and then I like art not to brag but i like enjoy art but anytime i see something on the internet and they're like it's an art project i'm like wait what is this, mean? Is this what are you to about harm? to do you're about to like hit me with a sword aren't you and you're like yeah my my art project is attacking people with a sword i'm like no <laughs> that's bad art you have done a bad art uh let's talk pre-internet uh i mean we can't we kind of oh, already yeah. hit early days of doxing but yeah w it was there a form of doxing before the internet or even now without the internet that this this kind of idea exists? Yeah, so it's weird. I mean, I think if you go back like pre before like there were all of these records on everyone, it was fairly easy to like change your name and you were like, I'm called Robinson Crusoe now. Like hot trivia thing. 
his name or his original name wasn't Robinson Crusoe. Like he wasn't born as Robinson Crusoe. This is just like a thing you did in the 18th century. You were like, I got this different name now. You know, screw all of you. I'm called this. Um, that is some hot trivia. It is hot trivia. <laughs> For hot cowboys. Uh, well, no. And so it, it sort of wasn't, it, it should have been possible to be like, oh, hey, this guy's real name is this. And I guess like this happens in these books. But it kind of wasn't the same. Like, it was just the completely different idea of what a name meant and also, like, what information was following you around. So, I mean, my kind of pet theory on this is basically that doxing is kind of a direct artifact of how, of, like, fake names that we use on the internet and sort of how that whole thing works. That, like, you know, as a security person, I can tell you, if you're using the internet, there are a lot of people who know who you are. Right. Like you are buying the ability to connect to the Internet through a service provider, which can be subpoenaed because they know who you are. And then maybe you're using a VPN, but the VPN knows who you are. And if you do something that's really illegal, like if you're making a Reddit thread about like threatening to kill the president or something, they can they're they're very like legally. They just go to each of those people and they say, well, OK, it came to this IP address. So who owns that? And then we're going to you know force them to tell us what they know and then we'll force the next person to tell us what they know and eventually it leads back to who you are i mean it, it's not inherently any more anonymous than sending someone a letter it's just that there's this kind of social convention that we sort of wanted this space where we could be other people or like disconnect from our names and like the, our our like official identity in society and so we have you know there are these chat rooms where you have a, a of internet name and that's that's like considered normal and i mean it's funny actually i was i when i first joined steam like the the gaming platform i i just put my name i couldn't think of a handle and so i was just like oh well i'll just put my name russell brandom and so i was like playing team fortress classic as just russell brandom and it really freaked people out they didn't know because it was like they'll, they'll want to like say mean things to me but they, they're, like, saying it to an actual person <laughs> as opposed to, like, cool guy 77. And it was it was just, like, a faux pas. It was like, no, that's not really how things are done here. And, and so, I mean, the thing about doxing is that it's a violation of that sort of implicit contract, right? That, that we sort of agreed that we were all going to be in here with these new names, with our, like, internet identities, and it wasn't going to kind of trace back to who you are in the day-to-day and it was always possible to break through that right like yahoo or whoever was running the chat room could could trace back to who you are but it's sort of implicit that no like we're not going to do that we're going to try to create the space where that doesn't happen and doxing is the violation of that so it's sort of taking it back and saying no 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 i do know who you are i do know you know, there, there are all these things connected to you and all these things you've been doing under this fake name are now connected to your real name. My, my takeaway here is that the original doxing was when, in real life, Pete Campbell doxed Don Draper to his boss. <laughs> yeah. Her, no, I Cooper. mean, well, and, and like, that's like a whole tradition of like, hey, like this guy was not this guy, right? Like the the, the sort of traveling salesman turns out to have a mysterious past right (laughs) even by the 50s that was pretty difficult right but i mean if you're like wandering around in 1830 who's like what's the problem that's what america was built on is like randos criminals (laughs) yeah who like leave their past behind and they're like oh i'm you know 
Uh, yeah, Mr. Ro- Mr. Rockefeller sent me, I guess. Like, yeah. here, I, I, here are my papers, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird. Let, let's forward. We're, we're now back in current time. Yeah. How how did this become a mainstream thing? And by by mainstream, I mean I, obviously, I like it's not like people are just like doxing on each other left and right. But like you hear the phrase doxing on television with I feel like uh, a, a, enough regularity that it would be familiar to the average person. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and so part of what's weird is I do think that norm of, I mean, I sort of said this before, but like the the kind of identity service that's come in with Facebook and to a lesser extent with Google has really wiped away a lot of the kind of handle culture i guess of like when you go on the internet you're going to have this cool other name and you're going to be this cool other person like that's not really how most people use twitter well it's 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 how some people use twitter though that's why twitter's kind of interesting and so you do see i think you know twitter's a service where most people use their real name like i'm verified i think they want sort of more people to use it but they've never really made like a strict policy of like you have to use it but this is why so you can have the real Jeff Jarvis, and then you can have a fake Jeff, Jeff Jarvis next to him. And, and you're like, well, who is this fake Jeff Jarvis? Or who is... Yeah, And so people talk about sort of doxing Twitter accounts where, you know, this person has been, on my beat, a Swift on security. Taylor it is sort of nominally Taylor Swift. It's not really Taylor Swift, although she could be really Taylor Swift. We don't know. Uh, but But like the question of like, who is... Swift on security, you know, who, who is this, this mysterious figure? And I think for journalists like that, as, as a, a kind of, you know, benign, although probably this person, like, it's one of the more benign forms of doxing, although also this person, like, probably has reasons that they haven't published their name, like their day job would be mad if they were just on Twitter all the time. A lot of times that's it. It's, it's not like a, a, a complicated and nefarious thing. It's just like, hey, like I'm making this Twitter account you guys all like, like don't get me in trouble with my boss, please, which is a reasonable request. Sure. But so that that question is now this question that's there in a lot of spaces where you're like, well, wait, who is this person? And so it's seen as like this big thing. If you can, if you can find out who they are, like what a big deal. That I, I guess that's the softer side. Are are there more nefarious examples of doxing? Well, yeah. So most of the time, doxing is terrible, and I mean, most of the time, it's basically an incitement to harassment. Especially if you're doxing someone where you already know their name, which is weirdly common, right? Like I'm describing it as you don't know this information, and you're going to find out this information, and like the connection to the person's real world identity doesn't exist, and then you're making it. But like a lot of the time, they dox people. I mean, and this is a shocking amount of the docs, you know, the, the uses of the word dox. It's this person who's in public under their real name. And you're just sort of, there isn't really even like an informational component to it. Like here's their phone number. Here's their address. Here's this other thing about them. It, none of this information was like secret exactly. But what happens is the social act of saying, well, you know, we're all really unhappy with Russell. God, this Russell guy's such a stinker. And, you know, I think in the way that these things happen, the loudest voices and the angriest voices kind of float to the top and the whole room gets louder and angrier. And then eventually someone says, well, here's Russell's email and here's his, you know, address and here's his phone number and here's this coffee shop he likes and here's like the, the name of his pet chihuahua. 
And suddenly all these people have this information in this room where they've been just stewing and getting louder and angrier all this time. And the act of it is really like, let's go be dicks. Like, yeah. let's, let's go do nasty things with this information. Not like, here's this information that was previously unavailable. It's just that in the context of that room, it... it really does become okay well i i took this step and so you guys take the next step and so it's become a kind of social code for like a way to coordinate a harassment campaign basically i mean i i I think the availability argument like letting you know it's available is well obviously i think it's horse shit yeah it's totally garbage i as somebody who is threatened by like the, the threat of this a lot during uh gamergate what i often think of when i think of the way uh, harassment doxing works is yeah. you have a group of people who are, to be blunt, I, I think not necessarily intelligent or very young. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. like, and in, in intelligence isn't the only measure of someone's self-worth. I would say, I mean, I wouldn't even, like, they are ready to do dumb things. Yes. They're, they're, Maybe they're, these people are very smart in other areas of their life. And, like... I have been at points in my life where I was emotionally ready to do something really dumb. And I think it's just they're really ready to do something dumb. Yes. And and then this person who is, for whatever reason, malicious, but still, I guess, has the intellect or skill to find the information, hands it to that group. And it's like an owner handing meat to, like, rabid dogs. Like, yeah. So it's not yeah. that, like, it's not available. It's that these people who would do... I feel like you very, maybe I'm wrong, but you rarely see the person who who shares the information be the person who goes out and then does the harassing. Like, Yeah, well, and also I think if you were going through the entire process yourself, at some point you would stop and say, well, what the hell am I doing? Like, what is this, right? But it's like, okay, you didn't like rent the dirt bike and bring it up to the canyon and then being like, I'm going to do this crazy jump over this canyon in my dirt bike. It was like you were already at the canyon and then this guy like gave you a dirt bike and was like, oh, it'd be pretty cool if someone jumped over this canyon. And you're like, oh, yeah, sure. It's just like if you had to do more and like go through this larger process and kind of complete the entire process yourself, at some point you would realize that it was like complete nonsense and just a dumb, pointless thing to do. Yeah. I mean, the example that comes to mind for me, and I don't know if this is doxing or not but when the presumptive uh nominee donald trump oh yeah uh, gave out senator lindsey graham's phone number yeah and that of course like he is a person who is connected and has that information and he's not going to make any threats on the senator's life uh or just bug him or harass him but he knows exactly what he's doing when he puts that information out by making it available to his followers who are are ready to do something dumb yeah well and i think everyone i mean i don't know how much like moral logic i want to impute to like anyone involved in this stuff because it's all like it's all kind of these weird rationalizations and like how much does it matter to them if there's like a better rationalization or a worse rationalization. But like there is this kind of who killed Davy Moore aspect to it where it's just like, well, I didn't really do anything. I just, you know, I was just doing this public information. And then the other people are like, well, yeah, I didn't really. I was just kind of part of the crowd. Like we all had the phone number and I knew a lot of people were doing it. So I figured I'd just be one more person doing it. And it's just like this sort of way to like pretend 
that you're not responsible for anything that you're actually doing and also like be a part of this coordinated effort that's like very deliberate. I mean, everyone who does this knows how doxing works and knows what yeah. it entails and knows like what you're subjecting someone to. But it's sort of this way of being like, well, it wasn't really me. Like it was, you know, we were part of this group and then this guy did this thing and it was like, oh, okay, well, that's that's the thing to do now. And so I guess we're all doing this. And, like, you're able to kind of... And it's also, like, I was talking about the differential in anonymity, right? Where it's like, I'm still anonymous and this other person isn't anonymous anymore. And that's part of it, too, where you're like, well, no one knows who is going to pick up the phone number and, like, make the threatening call, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's never... it you, you, you know, part of it is that you're not keeping track of who does what with it. And so you also don't know how far other people have gone. And you don't know that you're the first person or maybe the only person to do this or that, like, other people are, like, saying your refrigerator's running and then you're saying, like, weird and creepy stuff that's, like, bizarre and reflects poorly on you that you even think this way. But, but like, it's you, it's sort of understood that this is not you're not visible in any of it. It's yeah. weird. It's, it's funny because, well, funny is not the right word, but... I don't know if this will air before or after this episode, but we just recorded an episode on torrenting in peer-to-peer. And it's weird, the similarity that I'm seeing here in terms of, like, one person uploads a thing, and then a bunch of people anonymously, I use that, again, not quite anonymously, really, but are sharing this thing not aware of really anyone's part in it. And, And how it does kind of free you of a sense of guilt in its kind of scale and in scope, I guess it, it's it's very strange. I to kind of see that connection. Well, yeah, and I, it's like distributed morality, right? Like this is. I think we always want to do like we always want to say this is like a new thing about the modern world or like the tragedy of capitalism or something. But really, like this is like this is you know it's Julius Caesar, right? Like everyone stabs him once, and then you're like, well, I, I you know it wasn't really me. It was just. I, I I was just part of this mob. Like I mean, it's it's a very old story about how people kind of find a way to not take responsibility for what they're doing and what they're a part of. Okay, let's let's wrap it up with I, I don't even know if there's an answer for this. But are is oh, yeah. there a positive example of doxing? Well, so I think I this one was I you know, when you first suggested this, it was a bit of a stump. I think the example I would give is uh, Adrian Chen years ago, uh, who's a great writer and was a gawker at the time, um, wrote this great piece about, I think it was the subreddit for creep shots, which are photographs that you've taken of women without their knowledge or consent of and like usually, you know, like their, their body in some sort of sexualized way. And so it's like a gross thing to do and a gross thing to look at. And this guy was kind of like the ringleader of it and like directing people of like, oh, let's get more of this kind of shots. And because it was Reddit, you know, Reddit's one of the those spaces where, you know, you're you're all sort of it's it's a space for anonymity, right? And 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 I think Reddit in particular looks very poorly on doxing. Like I think they see it as like an existential threat to the space. Like if this becomes a thing that happens on Reddit a lot where like you're there and you're potentially exposed, then that Reddit just sort of won't exist as a space anymore and everyone will just go hang out on Facebook or something. But so he, in this article, sort of said, this is an unacceptable practice. And like, here's this guy who's kind of furthering it, right? And and so then, and revealed his name and sort of revealed some things about his life. And, you know, I think 
in an effort to like hold him to account, right? Like you did all this stuff, like you, this human being. His handle, I think, was Violent Acres, and and just like you were doing all this stuff, like how do you feel about it? And and also like you're responsible for it, and we're gonna like hold you publicly responsible for it. And, and in sort of a larger effort to shut down spaces like that on the internet, which was ultimately successful. Although I'm not sure if I mean. Who knows? I, I I shouldn't definitively say that there aren't still creep shots on Reddit, but I think you know I I think it did inspire some soul searching within the Reddit community. Although Reddit also hated this entirely and still doesn't post Gawker links because of it. So I mean I don't is is that a positive thing? Is it doxing? I think it is in like the the kind of theoretical sense that I was trying to lay out of like we're connecting the online persona to the real persona. That that is. It is. It, it was doing that. It wasn't, I think, it wasn't like dropping docs in the sense of like an incitement to harassment. Although like this did have consequences for his actual life because it's like a, you were doing all these creepy things. But so I think that's one where it really is, you know, it, it seemed it, it was sort of going for this socially positive thing of like shutting down these spaces where there was this coordinated sort of creepy stuff happening and like encouraging the collection of these like invasions of privacy but i think you know i think people still go back and forth on whether like this was the right thing to do yeah i mean it's it's tough <laughs> it's yeah yeah um, totally well I, I i guess tough is the right place to end on on this episode <laughs> um thank you for uh for joining us today yeah yeah totally uh thank you all for listening thank you to our producer andrew marino who keeps this ship running um you can find us on TheVerge.com. We post a new uh, podcast every Tuesday. You can find us on any of the plot podcasting platforms of your choosing. You can also find us on Spotify now. But what we really appreciate is uh, reviews on iTunes. They help us get the show out to so many more people. We are so very close to 400 reviews and you could be the person to push us over uh that hurdle and i'm gonna recommend two other new shows a thing that i was doing a while back that i sadly uh forgot to do in the last couple episodes two new shows for you to go listen to and review on itunes npr code switch which is absolutely fantastic and uh, if you are a child uh, born in the 80s, like I was, you might also like Nickelodeon's Animation Podcast, which has some really bizarre interviews with the people who made the shows back in the day. Uh, and that's it. Until next time, we will talk to y'all later. Bye. Ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba.